We're recording. Recording. Team Early as Fuck podcast, episode 64, and this is a special one. I'm excited for this one. We've got Derek Bell in the house. That's me. That is Derek you. Bell. And Derek, what do we got? What do we have cooking up today? We have the most special event in the history of podcasts. True. It's not true. <laughs> we are, uh, this is our first, our pilot episode of Highway to Well, mm-hmm. where I have forced Bill to go <laughs> on the other side of the computer screens and let me take the helm and flip the script and interview him about his his highway to well, his journey to wellness, what he can teach us and tell us and talk to us about ways that we can help either ourselves or the people that we work with. So this is a podcast that is going to sit right at that intersection between wellness and culture. So there might be some other things that we talk about. Like 17 minutes of soccer. 17 minutes of soccer, um, our favorite Rocky Four songs. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I'm sure there will be plenty of Vision Quest yes. references, if not an entire podcast dedicated specifically to Vision Quest. Where we just watch Vision Quest and talk about it. Right, and the journey of Loudon Swain to beating shoot in his <laughs> in a weight class that somehow he was able to wrestle in. Even though <laughs> you look at him, he shouldn't have been in that weight class. But here we are, ready to roll. Ready to roll. Episode 64. Episode 64 and the pilot episode of Highway to Well. Just a quick shout out, Bullet Point Competition Series, sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Steve, Fast Sign Stevens Point, Ruby Coffee, Schulte Family Beef, White Feather Farms, and all the lovely people on Patreon. Appreciate you paying for the overhead of the podcast and making it happen. So thanks, everyone, and enjoy the episode. Record, start stream. Can you hear yourself? Record, start oh. stream. Yeah. Did you do both? I did. Nice. Classic. Oh. The other thing, you won't have the dog in here, which is nice. You gotta be mindful of. Oops. That plug in, because it's poorly located and he likes to lean on it. Uh, so it Django. Does, it's not a it's not a malicious power outage, but uh, he he like likes sitting by the guests, and he'll just kind of like slowly lean onto their foot and then <laughs> unplug the whole setup. I think he did that half of the session. Yeah, last time we were here, <laughs> he's a spaniel. Yeah, he just likes to lean. Hey, yeah. I'm Django. Yeah, just gonna lean on you, right, buddy. I'm Django. All right. So is uh, peaks and valleys on the recording. Uh, yeah. Cool. And does YouTube show a healthy live stream? It does. Perfect. It's telling me to, if we want to stop streaming, we can stop streaming. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. Perfect. Anytime. All right. Then we're good to go. We're going to hit this? This is weird on this side. <laughs> I don't have anything to worry about except talking. Uh, I've been asking you to do this <laughs> since I saw Stephen Colbert and John Stewart flip spots and John Stewart interviewed Stephen Colbert. Oh, really? He made him sit in the interview chair next to his desk. So, you're my John. You're my Stephen Colbert. Yes, I'm, I'm happy your John with that. Stewart. I'm happy with that. 
That would be a good life. That would be a good life. It would be a good life. We base we are that. Just the, the <laughs> Stevens Point <laughs> wellness equivalent. The wellness. <laughs> Colbert Report, guys. Yep. Yeah. Are we, yeah. Speaking of the best dynamic duos, who right. who are the best dynamic duos? Some Batman of, Robin. I was gonna say some of my favorites. Batman and Robin. We've got Stinky in the Brain. Stinky in the Brain. Or Pinky in the Brain, right? Pinky, Pinky in the, the Brain. brain. Stinky. <laughs> I, I think I was thinking Ren and Stimpy. I enjoyed that show oh, as a kid. Oh, Ren and Stimpy. Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead. Who else do we got up there? Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates. <laughs> I, I just uh, forced one of my high school groups to listen to the Hall and Oates playlist on Spotify the other day. They didn't appreciate it as much as I did. Just yeah. banger after banger. We used to play that at the grocery store, the Hall and Oates playlist. It was fantastic. It is completely... I don't know if you can say it's properly... Um, in its place or if they're undervalued mm-hmm. I don't know completely I don't know I that's agree. a good argument to have though is to dig into Hall and Oates and see if they're properly placed in history or if we have completely missed the boat on them or if they were overvalued I, at some point I feel there's probably like points in time where everyone kind of kind of was coming towards the light and then they were forgotten about unfortunately yeah well, We're gonna bring it's always back, up though. to us to bring them back. <laughs> I'm so excited for all the music that's going to come out of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I did think about calling this the Rumble Seat for one of my most favorite John Cougar Mellencamp songs. So that is still on the butt. That That is still on the list of possible names <laughs> that I'll eventually call this as we found out that that there are a couple of women that started a juice company and have adopted the highway to well moniker and good for them and killing I'm it. Really proud of them, but they should change the name of their podcast. They, they, they <laughs> should because, because as, as I've shared with you, I, I believe I used highway to well first Yep. Mm-hmm. in a blog I was doing here for yep. the Stevens point journal. And, uh, so I just, I need an attorney to let me know <laughs> what my rights are here. Because they seem like nice people. Their yeah. site, they they definitely have got marketing dollars to spend marketing. on their website. They have great content. I was looking at some of their episodes. I'm like, shit, some oh, good, this is a good What are we doing? <laughs> and then it made me want juice. And I don't ever drink juice. Yeah. Not a big juice guy. Well, it is, I think it's cold pressed juice. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, the trends. Mm-hmm. Oh, trendy juices. Juices, right, Django. So here we are in the pilot of the uh, Highway to Well. After I found out about these juicing women, I went to a couple of my smart friends who are uh, who I speak to about things like whammy bars and power cords and international (laughs) sports. And uh, one of them came up with another name for it that we should call this the Pour Some Wellness on Me, (laughs) which I love. I absolutely love that. That may be that may be on the list too. Pour some wellness. <laughs> I love it. So so we'll see we'll see where it goes. But you, could, uh, you got so many. There's you know at first when you messaged me I was like, and I was sad because I love the name. I'm like, well, what else is he gonna call it? Yeah. But I've I've got hope again. There's yeah. I mean when you're at the crossroads of wellness <laughs> and culture, really it's an open book yep. on, on different things. You mm-hmm. just. Whatever can typify that that perfect ethos of power chords, mm-hmm. Willie Nelson, <laughs> soccer. 
Lots of soccer. Wellness. How much soccer are we going to talk about in this first episode? Because it's all going to go over my head. I don't know. People I, watching are literally going to see it fly over. You, my head. You're, you're, are you, are you a fan? Do you keep up on like what's going on in the soccer world? I know. I can tell by the look on your face. I don't know. Everyone watching at home. <laughs> no. Oh man, it has been, it has been a historic, mm-hmm. epic week for anyone that's paying any attention to soccer. There's been. So the Champions League is this big money grab league of excellence of European soccer clubs. Okay. It is also the most beautiful soccer oftentimes played that you'll see. And so the from a technical standpoint, from a just like pure athleticism, like what, what do everything. You mean? everything. These are the best players and best clubs yeah. in the world. Okay. For the you. most part, there's a couple other clubs and not in Europe that can sometimes compete with these clubs, but Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool, mm-hmm. Chelsea, Bayern Munich. Yeah. These are these are the big clubs that have all the money and have all the players. But they end up they created for for years these competitions have existed but um but this has become the 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 biggest sporting event probably in the world on an annual basis in mm-hmm. terms of viewership, money involved and Yeah. Um, but uh, they're at the semifinal stage in, in European soccer. You do when you get to these stages, you play a two-game home and home series. Mm-hmm. And then you count up goals on an aggregate basis. So scores of first games carry over to second games. So sometimes you'll see weird things going on, like a team could have lost the first game by just a couple goals or whatever the score is. In the second game, they could be losing, but they're still winning in aggregate. Yeah. So the other team has to score more as many goals as they need to get out of that phase to get to the final. I like that. Oh, it's incredible. It's, it's, like it's such a dynamic scoring in a field sport. Yeah. I really like that. It is it is absolutely something Americans should spend time on. Like think about baseball. If you had a instead of playing a seven game series, you played like two or three games mm-hmm. and all you did is you counted the total amount of runs. Yeah. So that diminishes like you know if you have a pitcher that has a horrible night yep. well your team has to hit the bats hard in the next two games to make up for the discrepancy <laughs> in the score so winning the game is one stage yep. but the score of the game also matters yeah. so everything is so important and on tuesday there was a match in at uh, anfield in england liverpool was playing barcelona and barcelona's have, they've, they're running through this phase as the greatest club in in the world and maybe one of the best clubs in history. So they're like the Patriots of soccer? Yeah, except in a good way. In a good way. No <laughs> deflate gate, no? <laughs> no, no, there's nothing like that. And they and they play, they, there's, they have a belief there that everyone that comes to the club, the club is bigger than them, that they have... They have built this this mythos, this huge thing about who Barcelona is. So, mm-hmm. and they have Leo Messi and some of the greatest players right now in the world. I recognize that name. Yeah, so they were up three to nothing. They had won their home stage game three to nothing against Liverpool. And Liverpool's best forward was injured, so everyone was kind of counting them out, mm-hmm. except Liverpool. <laughs> and Jurgen Klopp, their coach, is a fist, that's a great name. He's a fist pumping. <laughs> Just insanely awesome German that with that bride. Sounds like a villain, like a super uh, villain. Yeah, he's 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 the greatest coach right now on the mm-hmm. planet. But he's also energetic, dynamic, and you watch him and he's just crazy fun. Mm-hmm. And 
and they went out and got an early goal in the game. And that kind of put Barcelona on their heels. Yeah. And then and then I I saw the score later in the day and I saw that Liverpool had scored two quick goals in the second half to tie the aggregate. Mm-hmm. So now it's three to three in aggregate. Uh-huh. You know, Liverpool's winning the game three nothing, but it's three three. They need one more goal. Mm-hmm. And late in the game, they got a corner kick and all the Barcelona players and this may be one of those times where you see this dynasty start to fall. We never know because Barcelona's got depth and youth and they're amazing. But the players are standing around not noticing that Liverpool's about to take the corner kick. And the two players involved in, in the Liverpool play are watching and they immediately take a quick kick and the guy unopposed scores right in front of the Barcelona goal. It's one of these things that is like a play. It's like a practice goal. Yeah, yeah. It's like when everyone's standing around not watching. These, but, but these are the best players in the world. And a couple of my friends and I, we were talking. Like we had to watch it over and over again because it it's like something that you wouldn't have never expected to happen. Yeah. And then it did. Doing the comment uncommonly well. Oh, and and <laughs> and and the fans in Anfield went mm-hmm. bananas, and so and and so if you pay any attention to, you'll see Liverpool fans posting how incredible the, their journey is and how yeah. this is the greatest thing ever. It was awesome. Uh-huh. But now we have to deal with Liverpool fans. So I want to get the, the, so you you get a, so you and I, our teams are facing off. Your team beats my team. Mm-hmm. You get a, a, a win for that on your score. You go into. Well, actually, the win doesn't matter. Win doesn't matter. The goals matter. The goals. Okay, so that win, like winning that game really doesn't. It's great. Ma- it feels good. So then we go to the next game, and let's say the per- team you're playing has four goals from their last game. You have three. Mm-hmm. So they're ahead of you by one. Mm-hmm. They or you come back and win that game. That win still doesn't count for anything. Only it's based on the goals. Yeah. So if you would say say I would. Say the second stage, the so it's four, goals it's four the, three going into the second yeah. game. The second score is one nothing. Mm-hmm. Then it's tied on aggregate four four. But if you scored more goals as the away team, yeah. then you automatically advance. If we're uh, if we end up in a if it's still tied, yeah. even after counting away goals, then we play overtime. So then it goes to like stages until there's so much stress in this. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> this is good stress. This is why we love this sport. Is, I was, just, I was at my first um, city planning meeting recently, and the first majority of it, I'm like, this is why I hate meetings. This is why I, I can't stand meetings. And then it got into the juiciness, talking about. Um, Usually, when it hits like the open forum. Yeah, the clean water, the clean water topic, and I'm just there's like back and forth there's all these committees these groups these you know individuals the districts the the businesses all kind of back and forth back and forth you know where they're all they're all pulling from the same data set they're all just kind of trying to tweak like the verbiage mm-hmm. um, to kind of fit their their realm or they're like slightly twisting a, maybe a sentence they talked about earlier and I'm like this is exciting this is like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, just sitting there. This is happening. My hometown. You you hear something like clean water, and I've always just assumed, yeah, everybody's for that. Yeah. Who the hell doesn't want clean water? But then there's all these, you kind of realize that everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a background. They've got a lot of money invested in this. Mm-hmm. That, you know, so now you're talking about this soccer thing, and I'm 
all getting all fired up. I'm like, maybe I should watch soccer. Yeah. My experience with soccer is you, and then watching the Pele documentary years ago. You know uh, which one I'm talking about? Like soccer in the like when they brought him. Yeah. Over I mean, to there's the been US. a few that have been made. There's there's a couple. I think they talk about the galaxies in this one. The New York Cosmos. Cosmos. Yeah. That's the, one. the movie about the cosmos. Yeah. yeah. That that's awesome. That, that was, was such awesome a well made movie too. I I read a few reviews and I'm like I know nothing about soccer. My brother played. I went just to watch him get in fights because he's a very angry soccer player. <laughs> My cousin and I would kind of just like bet on who he was going to fight that day. And then, uh, yeah, I just watched that though and I'm all fired. I'm like, why isn't this in the US? I might act, you know. Yeah. Well, it is. We're here. Yeah, I know. You're here. It's big. Yeah. It's big. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's even crazier. So, in the next, so on yesterday, mm-hmm. Tottenham. Spurs okay. played Ajax. And again, it's this like, there's, Tottenham is, usually they choke. Mm-hmm. They're the kind of team, they're like, they are a lot like the Dallas Cowboys of English soccer. <laughs> Talent, they change coaches a lot. Yep. Stylistically, a lot of times they look good. Mm-hmm. They do they do things right, but there's something about them. But their, their current coach, um, Let's put put them in places to to get a little past that. So uh-huh. it's pretty amazing that they're in the semifinals, and then they get to play Ajax, and Ajax represents all that is good in the world. So it's a they're they're they don't have all the money. They're they're a well funded club. I mean, by all means, this is mm-hmm. one of the finest clubs in the history of soccer. Johan Cruyff and um, the Dutch system. Like, there's a lot of really good things about geeky soccer people that they love Ajax. Um, and but right now they have this youthful team of of academy kids, a homegrown talent. Mm-hmm. So for all intent and purposes, everyone in the world is really rooting mostly for Ajax. Yeah, because you cannot like their story and where they're coming from. And they play the game f- with fluid um, ball movement. Uh-huh. They defend well. They do everything. Like if you want to tell someone what does perfect soccer look like, watch Ajax play. Yeah. They are they're phenomenal. So they had a lead. They mm-hmm. won their first leg at home, so now they travel. And they're playing um, Tottenham. And Tottenham has a lot of injuries, too. So everyone's riding Tottenham off. But after Tuesday, I'm sure the Tottenham players were a little jacked about it. Yeah. But the game was tied going into um, the last. So in soccer, it runs on a 90-minute clock, and then the ref keeps time for all the substitutions or injuries. Mm. So the ref has the official time, so there's always injury time added on. So if you watch soccer and you see it's like 90 minutes plus three, okay. that means the ref has added three more minutes to cover for anything. Mm-hmm. So it came down to there in like the 95th minute, So and they have six minutes. So they're in literally the last minute of actual play. <laughs> And Tottenham scores oh, to get to the final. So and they're just freaking out and jacked. Yeah, yeah. It it's been it's been. An How absurd. do you manage all this stress? Well, you just you love it. You love it. I, I don't think it's a stress. Just, it's intense. Yeah. And anxiousness, but. Um, do you so do you have a do you have teams you love and then when they lose do you just like let it ruin your entire day like people mostly it, yeah no okay well so that still happens yeah. Well, in it like soccer, you, and if you pay it, if you watch English soccer, then you learn how to have that self-loathing mm-hmm. feeling about your favorite team. So when I watch Chelsea play, yeah. I'm just automatically tearing into them. They're my favorite team, but I think they're just rubbish most of the time. <laughs> I can't stand the lineup that they picked. 
I'm not sure what they're doing, <laughs> but that's my team. Fair enough. But I haven't had to worry about them being going too far. So I've been able to watch other teams and yeah. not be as stressed about it. So Just be entertained. Yeah. I mean, soccer. mostly, you know, that whoever won, I know I, I really wanted to see Ajax win mm-hmm. for the all the reasons of knowing that there's still good left in our universe. <laughs> but I'm okay with Tottenham winning. I know my friend Tim is probably going to want to punch me in the face when I say that. <laughs> and the fact I'm wearing my Spurs jersey uh, doesn't help the cause here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but Tottenham was one of those teams I started watching as a kid growing up because um, we were like one of the first families got cable, ESPN. And ESPN at that time didn't have 24 hours of sports to really show, so they ended up showing some British, some English soccer games. Mm. And I got to watch the FA Cup, and at that time, Tottenham was one of the better teams. So for some reason, I liked the Spurs, and they had a couple players that I liked. And then in the 90s, in the early late 80s and early 90s, they had a couple players that I really liked, and Paul Gascoigne and Gary Lineker. So... I've always loved the Spurs. They're not they're not my favorite team, but I, I I will root for them. Yeah. If they play Chelsea, then I have to root for Chelsea. Oh, obviously. But otherwise, I'm, I'll probably root for Tottenham. Plus, I don't have to depend on them a lot because <laughs> I know they're going to lose. Being a Dallas Cowboy fan, I'm really used to this. <laughs> I'm almost more comfortable if my team almost wins <laughs> yeah. rather than actually, actually winning. Wins. Yeah. If you actually win, I don't know how to handle that. Nope. I really don't. That's fair. So I've got a buddy who's a Browns fan, uh, so he gets that. Yeah, <laughs> I love the Browns. <laughs> See, it's just how it is. Yeah, that's fair. All right, all well, right. I'm more educated on soccer. I'm pretty excited. I know we just spent. I still want to watch a game with you. We've almost spent 20 minutes talking about not what we intended on talking about so far today. That's the way this works. Well, so I want to drink Guinness and watch soccer with Derek and annoy you with questions. Yeah, I eventually, some point in my life, I've been talking with a couple of my friends. We, we want to open a pub and call it the Red Card. <laughs> and obviously have a soccer theme yep. and then do pods and soccer chats and game reviews. Yes. Oh, and there was this, there was this program back when Fox had the uh, English Premier League, when they were the primary broadcast unit for it. They had this show where they would replay a game that had happened the previous week. And then they would invite a fan from each team to come and sit in the booth. And then they wouldn't give like the actual game commentary. Yeah, yeah. But they would be, their task was to sit in this booth and then just rip into their, <laughs> each other's teams, rip into their own teams. But it was the most brilliant. That sounds fantastic. Like, television. Like, think mm-hmm. about watching, say, a football game and throwing a Packer fan and a Bears fan in a booth, give them a couple beers and talk about a bunch of food <laughs> and then just have them talk through the whole game. Yeah. What would that be that like? That sounds fantastic. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. I think I'd listen to that. That's something I'd, I'd listen, we should put I'd, that, that. That should be a team early. <laughs> I would tune into that and not the actual game. And I know that's what I would stop. <laughs> I really would. I, I it was like on Thursday nights mm-hmm. and I would tune in to that every Thursday night yeah, because I wanted to see even though I'd maybe even watched the game previously I wanted to hear it through the eyes of a fan (laughs) yeah I wanted to hear them just talk about Frank Lampard and how slow he is between the boxes all day long I'm down for that oh my god it was beautiful British are always a little bit ahead of us all of our best shows come from England we steal steal a lot of their content this one I definitely think the NFL should investigate Mm -hmm. and get get people involved 
you would rewatch a game. You would rewatch a Bears Packer game if you had fans from both teams. Or what if coach. it was like retired coaches from the NFL yeah. ripping apart like the opposite team? Especially if they're really surly. If they were yeah. fired coaches, yes, <laughs> not not retired, but fired, fired coaches. Coach. So they had a beef. Yeah, just and they they knew they you know they had a knowledge of the game, so they could just tear everything apart. I'm yeah. down. Yeah, let's make it happen. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's pour some well on me, Derek. Pour some wellness on me. Yeah. So what do we hear? What are we going to talk about today? Well, I feel feel like I'm more well prepared for soccer, so <laughs> it's a win. That's a good start. Mm-hmm. That is a good start. But uh, so you've been doing this for a while, and I've been impressed by your work. Well. And all the different that. people you. you've done such a tremendous job of bringing in professionals and people enthusiasts. So people who are into things that may not even really be on their professional docket, but are part of their passion in life. And mm-hmm. so I think everyone, every time you talk to someone, you're really, you're really driving home kind of what their purpose is, what they feel like their purpose and passions are. Mm-hmm. And so it's always really wonderful to hear because it's different stories, but they fit into um, a worldview where you ha- you invest yourself into something that you're passionate about and then the return on that is so healthy for you mm-hmm. even if it causes a lot of stress or even if it's a financial constraint for a while Some, sometimes people start businesses and, and start doing things it's not easy but that drive continues on so um, what, so let me ask you this so what have you, as, as you've been working with people and as you've gotten to learn a lot about what they're driven by or what they're doing out in the field and with your diversity too of people that you brought in so people that are nutrition experts or food and and farming experts hunting fitness the whole fitness world and and athletic coaches and and then wellness professionals or people that work in academic settings and mental health professionals so you've seen a broad view Mm -hmm. so let me ask you this so what what do you think is something what's next that we need to shine a light on with regards to really developing people to have the skills to live a well life and to be to to really get to in have their purpose and well-being sorted out and taken care of to the point that they feel fulfilled where do you think we need to be shining the light next that's a really good question uh i was so I guess I was almost thinking about this this morning without realizing you were going to ask this question but uh, there's Django drinking water in the background um, so I, I when I work with people at the gym or talk to people even in here or outside outside of the gym outside of what I do for a daily living people you know it usually revolves around health fitness nutrition like What's what's the one thing that I can do? What's the the hack or the trick? Because um, I I think we're all drawn to that. We love that idea of something just kind of like super simple happening. Um, but the people, anyone that's overcame adversity or um, overcame a challenge or changed their life, realizes like you realize fairly quickly like oh shit, there is no magic bullet. There's a lot of eight mile moments. I love the eight mile moment, but uh, there's no, it's just, 
hard work, uh, loving the journey. Find like you, you talk about it a lot. The 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 idea of environment. No one no one wakes up in the morning thinking I'm gonna be unhealthy. I'm gonna live a sedentary life. Um, I'm gonna eat like shit today. Like for the most part, you know. There's obviously people who maybe just don't give a damn, and they they do think those things in the morning. But I think for the most part, people who are passionate, who have a family or a career or a hobby they love doing, they don't wake up thinking, I'm gonna be unhealthy today, I'm gonna have terrible thoughts. But it happens because of the environment we kind of tolerate for ourselves, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Oh yeah. So, you know, you touched on it, you touched on it in Highway to Well, when people, um, you know, you, you talked about um, stacking and the environment people, something is the environment people create for themselves. So something as simple as leaving your shoes by the door, uh, that it's, it's so obvious yet people maybe don't do it or they don't, they don't pick up on like, that's, that's the trick, right? Like if you, if you, if you need to be told there's a trick, it's look at your environment. So what, what are you allowing? Uh, what are you creating in your own scenario? So something as simple as you hide your gym clothes or you, you know, you have the, the Pop-Tarts in the cupboard, like that's what you grab. So maybe I guess what I'm, my, my thought is that we need to highlight the fact that it's, it is work, tell people it's okay, it's okay to struggle, it's okay to have negative thoughts, it's okay to question yourself um, it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows every day. There, there will definitely be those moments, and there's a lot of them. But it's to, I think, to realize those moments, you have to tell yourself it's okay to struggle. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be hungry. You know, you don't. Uh, this is going to be me, me going off into the weeds talking about um, the diets I see and just like a lot of the fads and. People, people go. They go all. They go full crazy. You know, they, they get just get in the exercise. I'm gonna go five days a week. I'm gonna go every day, hour a day, every day. I, have, I haven't worked out in years, but damn it, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I'm gonna get after it. And that's going back to environment. That's you creating an environment that's not sustainable for yourself. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the intensity. I love that motivation. But let's let's parse it out into you're gonna work out three days a week, and the other two days. It's gonna be you figuring out your environment at home because that's where you spend most of the time. Like, where, where are your shoes? Are you going for a walk? Are you cooking? Are you eating healthy? What's, what's going to the grocery store look like? Um, so I guess where I'm going with all this big rant is talking about your environment, what, what you allow to happen you know, in your day-to-day because that's where it comes down to is the day-to-day. Yeah, well, and it's... We, I've done a lot of programming with kids and there was a program that we were involved with a few years ago in, in Wood County, um, this fit-tastic program that is um, still part of some of the curriculums over in Wood. But one of the most, it, this, these are things that I didn't think about until, until you're faced with it is we did a nutrition survey, picture a picture nutrition survey for second graders mm-hmm. to identify vegetables. Oh boy. And there were a fair amount of them that couldn't identify broccoli, cauliflower. Yep. 
And it, it really, it deepened like a sadness about where we live or world kind of worlds that can be created and, mm-hmm. and that an environment we created. Yeah. An environment <laughs> that are being created. And, and the challenge is oh. we can educate these kids all now day. all we want, yep. or we're going to be sending them back to an environment that hasn't cultivated a way to live well. Like, Correct. You know, and a lot of these kids were also already um, overweight yeah. or obese because they're in second, third, and fourth grade. Pop tarts and juice and all of these super simple hacks that we put healthy or organic or mm-hmm. or or natural on, but you know it's it's all bullshit and it's it's going back to the environment. That's something we have created as a society. I'm. I'm not blaming any one individual, but I'm, you know, it's something that we tolerated. We, we allowed, we were like, well, we want convenience. We want super simple. Um, you know, we're, it, it's, it's going back to the grind, quote unquote, you know, everyone's got to brag about how busy they are, mm-hmm. you know, and not talking about like, Hey, I took some time to cook with my family or I took some time to go for a walk with my family. It's just, Let's keep adding things. Let's keep adding things and then saying, being the martyr who says, I don't have time to care for myself. Right. Well, or where we make an environment where kids don't have access to like actual food. Well, and then, and and then you get into the complex layers of modeling parents as models. Mm -hmm. And and I know a lot of parents that, so a lot of professional, like a lot of working professionals I work with are parents that I um, have gotten to work with and we start talking about wellness and, and like diving in on some things. It's one of the things that that requires is that you have to find time for yourself. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you isolate yourself or you cut things off or you're not doing other things for your, yourself. I mean, for your family, Mm -hmm. what it means is, do you do anything that you enjoy doing or that requires you to put some effort and time into it that you're going to be fulfilled by? So oftentimes, um, for people who want to do a 5k or a marathon or half marathon, these are real dreams that they have. It's a sense of accomplishment that they've thought about, but oftentimes the excuse is, well, I I don't have the time. And then that usually involves because they don't, they feel guilty. It's more so that they feel guilty about taking a half an hour to 45 minutes, a few days a week, Mm -hmm. each day, to try to do a little bit of training so that they can succeed and accomplish that goal. So they're not doing it because they feel guilty. And then what do they think their kids are going to learn as they grow up? And and this is the model behavior is my parents never seem happier. They're stressed out Mm -hmm. and they don't do things for themselves. You know, so what environment, even so beyond the nutrition and some of the things that are obvious and that we're hopeful that at some point it changes for kids and families, but then there's the there's the conceptual whole piece about finding your purpose and and so I think that all like anyone who, who grew up in a household where you know your parents are unfulfilled as kids you start to see that and you 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 under you feel like those behaviors are they're challenging they're char- hard to understand so then they start to define what you think about happiness mm-hmm. love care and what do you do with that? You know, so the parents themselves are choosing to not be fulfilled and then it's setting a bad example for their kids. And those are really hard to work through. 
it's heartbreaking when I, you know, I've got people like that in my family and that, that hits, that hits home to me so, so much, like straight to the core is when you can't, you can't help those people because they don't realize like that's the cause and you can't force anyone to walk through that, that wellness door. Um, so that's, that's always super painful for me to watch. And going back to some of the guests on the podcast, uh, I can think of Kim and Jordan, their um, mother-daughter duo I had on here, and Kim overcame cancer, and she's a instructor by trade at a technical school, technical college. She works out, busts her ass, she gets outside, she does the things she she enjoys, spending time with family, uh, pushing her limits because they were almost taken from her realizing you know you get one go around at this there's no sense in uh yeah we've all got to buckle down show some discipline maybe you know put in our eight hours a day but uh you know at the end of the day like do shit you enjoy be passionate and i think jordan her daughter saw that and was like fuck yeah like that's that's the kind of mentality she's going to carry forth so you know she trains but she it's not that's not her passion. She trains because she sees her mom working out. She knows it's important. She's seen all of these physical changes that her mom has gone through from being what happens with cancer and treatment to being this strong, badass, you know, female superhuman. And Jordan sees her mom do this, so she wants to work out. They, they, you know, they enjoy that time together, training together. But Jordan, while she's at school to, Jordan, I apologize if I screw this up, but I'm pretty sure it's to be an engineer. She's also doing this thing with fashion mm-hmm. where she's helping people, especially in the STEM fields, like figure out their, their, their style, their swagger. And to me, I'm like, that's so fucking cool because it's, it's, it's driven by wellness and fitness, but it's not about wellness and fitness. Does that make sense? Well, there's a, there's a confidence layer there yeah. that is from those two things. Yeah. And it's really significant to mm-hmm. not overlook the way someone's going to feel walking into a room as a professional and having style be part of, you know, the world that they have to be yeah. introduced to. I mean, we do, you know, it's fair to say that the image conscious world we live in, it's like it, there's an important layer there for our confidence to make sure that, um, that we're fulfilled yeah. by everything that involves where we are in, are in our places in the world and that we understand that for sure. team early as fuck commercial break coming at you ruby creamery blend going down right now as i edit and sh- post some commercial breaks to you all so just sipping on the last bit of this got a whole bag of it here in the studio where we're fully stocked ready to roll uh team early af at checkout ruby for a monthly ruby coffee subscription we'll get you 50 percent off the first two months which is pretty pretty damn cool uh got the commercial break we're gonna be dropping a little little commercial with uh will here as well this will schultz talking schultz family farm schultz beef sharing that all with you guys uh, team early af you can hit up the the store and we've got a promo code for 20 dollars off your first your first beef bundle your first beef box we're also doing a giveaway with them which is pretty cool. Uh, tag some friends in the in the the pick we've got going, the promo, and uh, that'll enter you to win. What's pretty cool too is 
right now they've got a ground beef giveaway with on their website. So if you reference a friend that you heard about the the, the farm, the beef sale through, they'll hook you up with free two pounds of free beef as well as your friend. So that's pretty cool. Schultze Family Beef, sponsor of the podcast. We're, uh, we're, we're spreading the word, making beef great again. There's uh, just something I see in the health and fitness space. I'm all for people eating lots of vegetables. I eat a lot of vegetables. I think they're super important. But there's uh, there's some missing pieces just where everyone gets their food from, especially if we're going to minimize the environmental impact, eat local, eat sustainable, and that's that's why we're doing this. That's why we're partnering with a lot of great f- local farms, local food producers to bring you the very best. So start asking these questions. Where your food's coming from, what go, what all goes into it, and uh, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna live healthier, happier lives, both as individuals and communities. So, Schultze Family Farms, Schultze Family Beef, hit them up. We're also happy to talk White Feather Farms. If you live in the Stevens Point area, hit up Tony White Feather, Laura White Feather at the local farmers market Saturdays, and well, actually, we'll be we'll be. We'll be slowing down here. It's growing season. But uh, reach out to the White Feathers. Hit them up on the social medias. Sign up for a local CSA. So if you've ever done Butcher Box, you've ever done Hello Fresh, uh, Blue Apron, all any of these uh, these delivered to your house meal prep thi- meal prep uh, boxes. That's what a CSA is, except local. So you're getting local vegetables, local produce delivered to you. You're going to get a little breakdown of what's in that box, how to prepare it, how to utilize all of it. And once again, we're talking local food. All of us in the health and fitness space, we're obviously super, super motivated. Macros, calories, performance, aesthetics, you name it. We want it. that's That's what we're working towards in the gym, outside of the gym. Well, the CSA box, Community Supported Agriculture box, is a way to do that locally. Keep your money local. Get delicious, nutritious, local food delivered to your, to a local place in your community. A lot of these farmers that are working their ass off, they're going to be looking for locations that, you know, 10 people are getting their boxes from. We're... we're uh, we're partnering actually with Lonely Oak here at D1 Stevens Point. Looking to give Joel a little love, a little shout out. But uh, White Feather, we're looking to go big. We're, we're, we're doing this thing big. We want all the shares, all the people cooking local food, eating local food, powering their performance and their health using local food. And I think we can get it done. So White Feather Farms, hit them up on the social medias. There'll be more commercials dropping with Tony, with Laura. We'll be doing some videos, some live videos, some some educational content on how you can get involved, get your CSA, and start eating and cooking with local food. So I'm excited for that. Uh, BHA Rendezvous, June 1st. Hit that up on the social medias. If you're interested in outdoor recreation, hunting, fishing, hiking, it's a good group to get involved with foraging, all those things. We're, we're going to do it big at the Mead Wildlife Center this year, June 1st. If you're looking to sponsor it, you're an outdoor company, and you've got you've got some cool gear, some merch you want people to get access to. Sponsor BHA Rendezvous, Harley Games. Talked about that in the beginning. Check that out. Couples, uh, couples competition. Looking to benefit the Fergus family. It's a pretty cool event, pretty rad event. Check that out as well. Uh, yeah. Other than that, 
commercial break. We're going to give you a little little rundown with Will Schultze here. And we're then back to the podcast. All right. Enjoy. Back with the team early as fuck. Commercial break. We've got Will Schultze in the studio. We're talking Schultze family beef, beef boxes, ordering, getting your pasture beef delivered right to your door. And we're going to be we're going to be covering sustainability in today's commercial. So we'll take it away. Some sustainability. Let's let's talk the cows to begin with. Yeah. So it's it's, um, it's a Jersey beef, uh, which is kind of known for their feed efficiency. So we're taking less uh, less feed in order to, produ- to produce this beef. Um, we are raising them with a high forage diet um, and on pastures so they're on pasture and then supplemented with a high forage diet um so they're not getting you know just a straight grain um diet they're getting a high forage diet uh, and then we're using um you know them animals around pasture so they're spreading their own nutrients through the pasture um as well as we use uh, manure off of our off of our dairy to to um, fertilize the fields that we're growing the forage with as well. So um, I believe that's a very sustainable model um, to to use manure as a as a nutrient source for the for the feed that we're growing as well. So um, yeah, and then uh, also on the sustainability, it is shipping, and there's always the concern with shipping that you have more uh, packaging products um, for the landfills. So we use uh, cardboard box to ship in which you can of course recycle and then we use a, a, a foam insulation that's actually made out of corn that's grown here in the U.S. Um, and it's completely biodegradable you can um, you can compost it if you have a, a backyard compost uh, pile you can compost it in there or you can simply uh, dissolve it in water and it's completely safe to be put down your septic system or down if you live in town um in the uh, in the sewer, you know, municipal sewer system, it's safe for that. So it's uh, kind of something I'm proud of that we're putting less uh, products in the landfill. It's not a styrofoam-based insulation that's made out of petroleum and and uh, won't won't break down and and uh, isn't being uh, drilled out of the ground. So. Um, yeah, something I'm proud of as well. Hell yeah, I love it, man. And then the benefits of grass-fed beef as well. It's uh, it's got lower uh, monosaturated fat. Um, it's higher in omega threes, higher in CLAs, higher in vitamin A, and higher in vitamin E. So it's a, a more nutrient dense uh, beef product than uh, your commercially available beef. So, yeah, love try it. it. Gains. Hopefully it's deli- and it's and it's delicious, which is, I kind of believe the most important thing with food is it's deliciousness. Damn so. right, it tastes good. Yeah. <clears throat> we're minute. We're we're always minim- thinking about minimizing that environmental footprint, which is awesome that you've yep. put all this research in and. Definitely, um, if you haven't listened to the episode with Will Schulte, uh, you got to get on it, listen to it. It's from start to finish, man. We covered a lot in that episode. Yeah, so yeah. It's, uh, I don't even know if we got to everything we were going to cover. Yeah, Maybe we'll have to do another one. We'll do another one for sure. But talking about where your food comes from, why we need why we need cattle, why we need animal products, both from a environmental standpoint as well as a... Um, a health and from di- and health and dietary needs as well. So, check out that episode. That'll be dropping, and uh, or it should it will have dropped if you're listening to this uh, <laughs> commercial. So, yeah, check out the Schultze family beef. Get yourself a beef box. Yep. Uh, hit up the team early as fuck store. We've got some. We got a promo code there as well, so you'll get a little uh, little savings off your first box. Subscribe to their newsletter because they're going to be dropping some awesome information, recipes. 
you can go check out their farm. Um, yep. I love, I just love your approach, man. So. Yep, absolutely. If you're, like I said, if you're, we are on the ATV trails in Humbird, which is about the only thing people come to Humbird for. Um, so we will have a sign out soon. So if you're into ATVing, you can uh, stop in and uh, see us there and absolutely more than willing to, if I'm in the middle of like planting or something, I'm yeah. probably not going to give you a tour. But right. uh, most of the time, I'm more than uh, willing to give anyone a tour of, uh, of our farm. we got a dairy there. And a, and a diversified cropping farm as well as our beef. So yeah. love it, cool. All right, team early as fuck. Commercial break coming at you. Those of you not in the central Wisconsin Stevens Point area, I feel bad for you because we've got <laughs> we've got a pretty big badass guest. We're we're uh, joining us today in the studio. We've got Tony Whitefeather. Tony, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. Tony's Doesn't in matter. here. <laughs> He's a, he's a badass farmer, White Feather Organics. You've probably heard of them. They're kicking ass. They're um, they're they're educating everyone, bringing food to the masses. They're pushing the boundaries of. We're taking names. Taking names and pushing the boundaries <laughs> for organic local farming. Tony's joining us to talk about CSAs. Tony, what is what is a CSA? CSA, community supported agriculture. Essentially, your. Uh, Realizing that you need to eat some really good organic vegetables, per se, mm -hmm. and um, you're uh, paying in advance to a degree. Like, we have multiple different payment methods, actually, yep. through the farm. But the, the idea is that you're supporting us uh, to get the seed and to get going to secure the farm. Um, it really comes from an old... Uh, I don't want to get, you know. No, get into the weeds. Okay, this is well. A, this is an comes, educational it, commercial. Well, all right. Well, it, it, it comes from the Orient where the cities were growing really fast and the farmers were getting gobbled up and they realized like, hey, if we don't protect this, you can't just keep driving agriculture further and further and out. They said, why don't we go to the people and ask for money ahead of time and then we can keep the land and keep it growing and so that's really the old seed of it mm -hmm. and that's why we even exist without this style of agriculture we wouldn't probably be here in the facets that we are for yeah. sure you know nice. so that's it essentially you're the community we're your farm you're investing in us and um, we grow you the abundance that we can at the best of our ability mm. so, nice yeah Solid. And how many years have you been doing the, we're the farm thing? Yeah, we're hitting the twelfth here. So twelve seasoned years. somewhat. Yeah, seasoned you would say. Mm -hmm. It does mean I only grew potatoes there like twelve times, but <laughs> I mean realistically. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think we've got a uh you know, we've got a good taste for it. Yeah, so, I think you're yeah. you've you've got some good methods and we we uh we podcasted a little bit ago and you're just talking about how your the, the yield is still increasing you're getting more off of the same amount of land mm -hmm. your methods are improving you're looking at how do we build up how do we build up this soil while we're also so it's you're investing in the soil building up the soil so you can collect kind of the the the, the produce the fruits the perennials the annuals without just take 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 right because yep. As I'm sure you you've you're a you're a well-versed uh, historian in those regards as to uh, the take 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 kind of farming versus what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's it's an ecology. We live here as an ecology, and we're 
trying to ecologically get you food from that. So, and nutrient high quality. I'm really looking for some healthy plants. Uh-huh. Like that's to be honest, personally, I get off at looking in a field of really healthy, good looking <laughs> plants. So, uh, selfishly, that's what I'm looking for. If you want to invest in that, Tony yep. jumping for joy over yep. a really nice field, I will make sure you get a bunch of produce with that. Perfect. So. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sold with, with all that going on, how, how, what, what are the, what are the shares? What are, what are people buying into? Uh, what veg- do they get? Primarily vegetables from us. I know some people like, you know, what about the fruit? You know, that's a long question with biotiny if you want, but uh, we'll just say uh, we grow uh, 36 different vegetables. I mean, peppers, eggplant, um, carrots, carrots, beets, um, potatoes, lots of onions. Uh, you know, I like to describe it as it's it's a gar- it's that nice garden you would your grandmother had or you would like to grow. Um, we're doing that a little more professionally. We got greenhouses and whatnot, and um, we're bringing that to you mm. in season. The seasons change when it's hot in July. That's when we're getting those tomatoes and those hot peppers and um, the herbs and things like that. So it does kind of crescendo. It's you know there it starts out you know chugging along and then in the middle we're like trying jumping on the box to close it you know <laughs> so you got to get ready yeah hell yeah man that's so. the 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 beauty of seasonal eating it's the beauty of wisconsin i love this state mm-hmm. just for the like you just talked about the crescendo the different the difference that we we experience in each season like right now with all the shitty snow in april <laughs> yeah kind of putting a damp damper on uh what tony has planned when it comes to farm events but that's 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 why that's that's how we should be eating we talked about we talked about systems healthy wellness sustainable um realizing that and investing in local investing in these sustainable systems where you you know you talked about that's that's the origin yeah. of the CSA. Sharing the reality, sharing the risk, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and sharing the abundance. And a lot of times that is always the case, you know, so. I love it, man. Yeah. Cool. So if anyone out there, you've, you've, you're, you're a health and fitness nut, you're a local nut, you've, you've, you've bought these other shipped to your door boxes where you get a couple meals and we didn't even touch on the recipes. We're going to touch, we'll, we'll touch on the recipes before we end this commercial. But if you've done any of those things, awesome. That's a great first step. You're cooking, you're, you're, you're playing around with real food, real, real ingredients. Let's, let's dabble local. Let's uh, take some of that, take mm-hmm. some of that money, invest in these local farmers and you're going to get a box of goodies, local goodies, mm-hmm. fresh goodies, organic. Tony, talk a little bit about local time. Uh, recipes yeah, we uh, invest with a local. Well, she's from Madison, and she is well versed in CSAs, and she's written thousands of recipes using majority of the ingredients from a box. Which is, I think, people, you know, especially if they uh, if they see something they're not used to, how do I incorporate that into yeah. what something I already like? And that's why I really like working with her. Again, we're sharing the wealth. Read distributing it to other artists and uh and so that service essentially when you buy in our share i will give you a passcode that gives you private inset to her her uh her recipe nice online recipe book and we've got members only facebook and instagram groups coming coming down the pipeline so that'll be 
It'll be your own special secret white feather yeah. CSA location to yeah. get the nitty gritty on the farm, the newsletter, free, recipes. Free mushroom workshop to members. Free mushroom workshop, yeah. socials on the farm. Pizza. Man, yeah. you can't go wrong. No, wrong. it's uh, building community through food. Yeah, yeah, it's being connected to your food. We, we dry our best, so. Hell yeah. Tony, anything else for the people before we, st- before we uh, get after it? Hey, we're here to grow for you. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. Later, everybody. Sure. I appreciate that. Yeah. So just I going back to your original question, I think that's the, the if you, if you got to label it as a hack, so be it. I hate that word, but it's so many of these people I talk to, their, their passion may not be what they do for a living, mm-hmm. but it's connected into who they are as a person and what pushes them forward, what like allows them to give them that confidence to grow in their career, in their relationships, in their community, and in their passion. So it's these environments people have created for themselves. They don't, they don't allow, um, fl- like we're all human, you know, everyone's got vices and shit we like to do and uh, being quote unquote lazy or whatnot, but they've all created environments that challenge them that foster their passion and it's that's like the biggest thing I've gotten from it is just listening to their stories about how they've gotten to this point where they're at when they're talking to me and it's not like that's the destination no there is no destination it's just you keep going the moment you think you found a destination I think is the moment where you're going to start to feel the, the, the burnout and like you and Beth and I talked about Last week, that's where like the demons catch you is, um, or, or maybe you just start dwelling about them. It's not so much running away, but creating environments where you can deal with those demons and also pursue your passions. Yeah. Well, the part, there's a quote from a book, Robert Persick, Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I love that book. And, uh, he says, you know, to travel is better than to arrive. Yes. And it isn't about traveling, mm-hmm. but it's about the process of growing. Yeah. And when we get to arrival points, there's there's a difference between re- getting to a point of excellence and mastering something mm-hmm. and feeling like you've arrived. Because when you feel like you've arrived, you give up. Yeah. Like that's usually what people do is, oh, I've accomplished that, so I'm done. Mm-hmm. Well, the process that got you to that point is probably the most helpful part of all of this. So don't give up on the process, <laughs> like find a new goal. But sometimes that's really, that is difficult for yep. people. It's I've gotten what I've wanted. Thank you. I'm going to go back and do whatever I was doing to be in my dark place and do my, it's, it's the, they go back to the old habits. And I think a lot of that. So when I, when I see that in my own kind of my own area in the gym, it's, they absolutely hated the process. They never, maybe they never had, they, they never had anyone to tell them like, hey, you gotta keep tinkering with the process. The process is hard, but you should enjoy the process or some part of the process should be enjoyable to you. Because otherwise, when you get to that, that end goal you gave yourself or you get to your breaking point, like you just said, you're gonna stop. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go back to the old habits because change is scary, it's difficult. And if you did some 30 day, program it doesn't matter what what it was for but if you get to the end of that 30 days and you fucking hated that month 
well, guess what's gonna happen? That, you, that was the finish line you gave yourself. You're going right back to what you were doing before. And that's why, that's why diets fail. That's why 95% of diets fail. That's why 95% of people who are obese or overweight, who lose weight, gain it right back. Mm-hmm. Like that's a scary, crazy statistic. And also why it's super intimidating for people that are at that point. I've got a few friends closing in on 30 now, and whereas I don't feel old, I feel great, like physically, mentally, I'm just like fired up. I hang out with them and my energy is just sucked from me. Like they're bitching about every, you know, like physical ailments, um, slowing down, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's cause you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You, you think 30 is like, this is it, you know? Yeah, th- if you think that it's gonna go downhill pretty quick, you're gonna get out of shape. This is what happens to the human body. Uh, you've they've created these environments for themselves where it's okay to sit all day. It's okay to kind of just sit and bitch or you know just so being or I, I love them to death, but I got to limit limit being around some people. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that touches on something I know. I saw a picture of you guys doing your trail run mm-hmm. this morning. So we like think- we, what would Derek do? That's what that's what drives us through this entire thing. We just create scenarios. Derek's probably in those woods right now. He said he wasn't coming, but he's probably in those woods. <laughs> no, Derek's definitely sleeping. You guys are out on the trail. But I think one of the one of the critical things, and I know this has been part of our field for a while now, and, mm-hmm. and wellness is talking about our social, the social contagion. Um, what what both on the disease side that we can track through the prevalence of disease in certain groupings of people. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of really good studies that have tried to can make these connections and to some degree have made connections between groups of people who have similar are are increased at are at increased health risk for certain conditions. And then we find that there are pockets of them around different groups. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a long, um, long heart study that's been working on developing the model for that and, and, and we've learned also a lot about happiness too, because people that are happy tend to group together and then they have less incidence of disease. So to your point about like the people that we spend time with, so break that down. How do we talk about this to everyone on, on the streets, mm-hmm. you know, is it is, it is critical that we think about our environment, not in terms of just our physical location, mm-hmm. but also the people around us and what are we doing to encourage our own healthy habits through the actions and help and support of others. And oftentimes if people are failing in something, they're probably surrounded by others who are failing too. So like whether it's a diet or an exercise plan, or if it's just complaining about the stress at work and Mm -hmm. that leads to, you know, getting together with other people who complain about stress at work. And now you have a group of people that are stressing each other out even more and raising blood pressures and <laughs> and then creating a horrible work culture yeah. the 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 that evolution of of awfulness the the advancement of poor signposts of culture usually go back to people who started a conversation about something that sucks <laughs> and by the way this also sucks and then that just continues to grow and if you have and especially in today's corporate or organizational environment where change is rapid and every basically every employee is being asked to do more mm-hmm. or to be accepting of change without a lot of background on why this is happening yeah. because of the rapid pace of change there's not a lot of it's not like a lot of these things are being vetted out to the nth degree mm-hmm. to make sure that something's going to work a lot of these are are ideas that 
sound good and we don't have time. Oh, by the way, we don't have time to do all the work to go back and figure out everything. So we're going to make the change and we're going to figure it out along the way. So while that may help organizations move a little bit, it causes a lot of layers of stress underneath. Yes. And then that's not helped by unhealthy behaviors, attitudes, and groupings of these people who are who are, are use, using that opportunity to share their stress in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And that usually involves people who have healthy outcomes that are not desirable either. Yeah, you know, So there's this whole layering and coupling, this cascade effect of, of change too that impacts a lot of what we see too. So um, how that can help people. You know, so what's our role in that is, is really an interesting place to be. Mm-hmm. Because again, we can talk to someone on an individual basis about you know, what what is your goal, what is your purpose, but what environment are you going back to? So that's why in Highway to Well, we talked a lot about, well, we didn't talk enough about, it'd be nice to do a whole piece about not only coupling behaviors, but let's talk about your system. Mm-hmm. So if you're failing or you're feeling like you're not accomplishing what you want, it's usually not what you're trying to do, but it's the system you have that doesn't support healthy yep. change. And oftentimes that leads back to these these attitudes and behaviors that are somewhat negative or unproductive yep. in a way. Um, so I think on that on your point about about your development and, and again, so I wanted to ask you about this. So this ties into a good question. One of the activities that we that we do we've done in our highway to well sessions is to ask someone to draw themselves, mm-hmm. and you drew yourself as an arrow. Yeah. Why? Explain that to me. <laughs> so for for me, um, and this is gonna go. This will start way the hell back when I was three hundred plus pounds, and was like, "Fuck it, enough is enough." Went for a run out at my parents' house, made it two houses down before I was crippled up with. Fatigue, uh, exhaustion, and if I remember correctly, like a weird pain in my calf. Only to realize many years later from chronic ankle sprains as a fat, out of shape child, or not child, I was actually in decent shape when I was a child, but out of shape middle to high school kid. Chronic ankle sprains are very bad for range of motion, so I have like a jacked up left ankle. The things you find out when you have all of the movement (laughs) nerdiness. Well, anyways, going back to then, is and I only appreciate it more now is the understanding of environment so for whatever reason back then I was doing it subconsciously unconsciously but I was starting to tweak my environment that was that was that is the only thing I think that kept me from falling off the bandwagon regaining the weight going back to bad habits was constantly tweaking my environment so from that run Going forward, it started with biking for 10 minutes a day, and it was like, made a made a playlist for 10 songs, and that's what I biked. When those songs were over, I went back up. And then after a while, I started adding songs. Mm-hmm. So then the workout went as long as those songs played. And that was that was it. I loved, I loved listening to those songs. It was just music, or uh, movie soundtrack songs. So think of <laughs> Rocky, Never Back Down. All of, like that was the environment I created for myself. I was like, I love movies. I hate working out 
because when you're out of shape, working out sucks. Mm -hmm. I completely get it when people come in and they're like, I'm out of shape, I don't like this, it hurts, being sore sucks. And then they tell me like, oh, you wouldn't understand, you've you've always been in shape, and then I laugh. I'm like, okay, that's cool, <laughs> judge me, that's, you know, yeah, all right, that's fine, that's fine. But, uh, so making this playlist and then slowly adding songs to it was what got me through a ton of these workouts. And then you get to a point where you realize like, holy shit, I can do more, I'm, I am more fit. Mm -hmm. I haven't arrived at fit, I'm just more fit, and I want more of that. I've, you know, you, then I was able to run, I was able to, you know, I was figuring out the whole weight thing. And from there it was, okay, I don't wanna just work out in this basement. Let's take it outside. So, hills, sandbag workouts. I used to carry a 100 pound punching bag, like that was my first like weight training. Like piss poor lunges and squats to like quarter depth with that thing and then, then it became, well, what, you know, in the, in the beginning, I didn't lose a ton of weight. I was working out for four or five months and I don't think I'd lost any weight. Mm -hmm. And then the realization that, hey, what I'm eating, what am I surrounding myself when it comes to food came into play. So, stop drinking the soda, replace soda with, I was, for me it was like green tea because I was addicted to caffeine. I wasn't sure. drinking coffee yet. I needed the caffeine because the headaches were, they still are ridiculous. <laughs> I am a caffeine addict, but, uh, was creating this environment of different food choices. And I, you know, it. lucky for me, I'm not a picky eater, but just changing, changing what I had available to me for food. Paying a little bit more for produce, fresh food. Um, like, I started batch cooking more. Mm -hmm. Like that, it was just these little tiny steps. And that it just kind of it kept growing from there but it was all environmental based it was just little tiny things that at the time i was like oh i can do that it's it's a small enough step it's simple and it was you know like adding music i love the songs it's something easy to add to uh eating i enjoy eating let's just figure out way figure out things i i like to eat let's cook those like that, just simple things like that in the environment. And then eventually it, it, it bled into what I was doing for school and my career. I was working at a bank and I absolutely hated it. Mm -hmm. I, it I thought I would love it, was doing- Other people's money. Yeah, <laughs> other people's money, technology, um, you know, the hustle every day. It was, that part was cool, but then it was like, there's no windows in here. Everyone talks about how they don't have time to for this, for that, everyone eats like crap. There's like cookies and donuts and I'm fresh off of being 300 pounds and I'm like, I don't want this. I don't, I don't like this, I don't want this. And so I quit that, went back to a grocery store, now as the manager, and I was like, I don't know what I want, but I like this place affords me more movement. I kinda can, like the schedule's better. I can exercise on my lunch hour and it's access to better food options. Like working in a grocery store, you have pretty good food options available to you. And then that's when I wanted to learn more about exercise. So for me, once again, for me, the passion became movement, exercise, health, my health. And from there, bled into other people. I started a gym in my parents' garage. Like I didn't really like the, the local gym. Mm -hmm. uh, you couldn't drop weights for one. And they didn't have, they didn't have bumper plates or anything like that. Sure. So started my own gym, 
because I'm like, well, I'm just going to create my own environment. Well, I'm just going to create, like, <laughs> to me, and I, I know this, it's crazy to a lot of people because I'm big on the environment thing, and especially now, you know, since you and I have met and been talking, because I think that is the key. And people look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no, you just visualize what you want to be in a month, two months, three months, and then let's backtrack it. Like, what should my day look like to get there? Yeah. And for me, it was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna buy a bunch of used equipment, open a gym here, we'll just do it here. Was working out with people. I love I love the group, like finding, like you just talked about, finding that community, yeah. that tribe, that people that support you. For me, that's working out in a group. And then I was limited by like what the collective knew. No one, none of us had a kinesiology degree. It was all just like pieced together high school training, sport training. And for me, that was when I gravitated towards coaching, towards kinesiology, and then athletic training came into play. And I was like, this is, I just love nerding out about this. I wanna know more about the human body. I want someone to come to me that's in pain. I watch them do a 10 minute movement screen. And I'm like, all right, these are some things we can start working on. Uh-huh. You know, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a bullet fix. The body is complicated, but it wants to heal. It wants to move well. This is what our journey of movement is gonna look like to get you out of pain. But going back to the, the home gym, I at a point outgrew that work was like stressing me out. They weren't like the school thing. They weren't being supportive of my growth. So I was just like, went, literally went into the break room. On the table is a McDonald's grease stained newspaper clipping with help wanted at that local gym that I wasn't, I was just like, ah, whatever. I don't want to work out there, but they had a job opening. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go apply. Walked in, dropped my resume off. 15 minutes later, I had a phone call from them asking <laughs> if they wanted to come in for an interview. Went in an interview, it'd be, you know, they basically just gave me the job right then and there. No, no certifications, no formal education in it yet. I hadn't been in the athletic training yet, but they were supportive of that goal. Yeah. And they maybe recognized the passion or just that, like, hey, I'm just, I want to do this. I want to work here. It's going to, I know, I recognize it's going to be a cut in pay, but that other place is just, it's negative. It's not. It's not giving me. They're not the community I thought they were. Yeah. Originally, so I quit that job. Started at the gym, and very quickly I went from the front desk guy to the personal trainer, the coach. I was building a personal training clientele that they did not have there, and then that was originally where I started Merrill CrossFit. It grew to a big enough, big enough entity, a group of people that were all looking for something more, not just the machine circuit mm-hmm. or the, hey, great job, you showed up 50 times this week or this month for your workouts or whatever. But it was just, it, they gamify fitness without actually giving you goals, Right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I was holding people accountable, like, cool, you showed up today. Not giving you a cookie. I'm not giving yeah. you, like, it's like, you get a hello, fuck yeah, I'm happy to see you, all right, let's get to work. Yeah. I'm not saying you showed up, that's enough. I'm mm-hmm. saying, I'm excited to see you, let's get to work. And even with that, I took personal training, made it Merrill CrossFit, that was a cut and pay for me. But I recognized the environment for people is what they need. And I knew I was gonna be gone at some point. Like it can not just be about me coaching people because of what happens when I leave for school. Right. Like, this group of 50 people, they're not gonna have like it's just gonna be like, oh shit, do we go back to the circuit? Do we go, mm-hmm. like, what do we do next? So it was making this thing that was bigger than me that gave people an environment and a community. And 
that's now um, most of those people have carried over to my buddy Eric's gym, who uh, lives in Merrill. At uh, shout out Eric, he's like my first big, first positive coaching mentor that mm-hmm. I got because I, being the kid who doesn't doesn't naturally gravitate towards team sports, just not ever. I played most of them. Was just like, oh okay, I'm gonna go do my own thing. Uh, growing up, like never, as you know, you've realized from our talk about soccer, that's me with every sport. Mm-hmm. I can make you faster and better at it athletically, but I don't gravitate towards it. But he was like a coach and a mentor when most of the other coaches I had growing up, just about all of them, were just dicks. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't care about the sport, wasn't interested in it. And then once you get out of shape and over, overweight and you don't care about the sport, coaches really don't give a shit about you. So there was that, and then I meet him, and he's like the coolest fucking coach. I'm like, why aren't all coaches like this? This is the coach I wanna be. (laughs) So, and then most of those people work out there, but it was about creating this environment, you know, there in that gym. Like, this is what it should be like to train. We should be getting after it. You should have a knowledgeable person at the helm, like fucking leading you through this. And moved a point basically walk into CrossFit Stevens Point. I'm like, here I am. I don't know, none of you know me, but I'm gonna coach this class. And then you let me know what you think. Coach the class, get the head coach job. Yeah. Like that, you know, like, typically most CrossFit gyms are, you gotta come up from within the ranks. Mm-hmm. You know, they gotta know you. That's how you get your coaching. This was me walking in off the street and like, I don't know anyone here. I'm gonna coach you through a workout. You know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not the, not the rah rah coach. I'm, you know, I'm here to get to know you, understand your why. I've always been big on that with coaching. Like, there's days I'll get in your face when you're slacking off, but for the most part, I'm gonna show you how to do it properly. I'm gonna lead the group. It's gonna have flow. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be safe. And then I want to float through the group and get to know everyone. Yeah. Why are you here? What brings you here? Mm-hmm. How are we gonna connect what you're doing in the gym to what you're doing outside? Because for me, once again, it's all about that environment. How are you eating? How are you sleeping? How are, how are your relationships? What is your, what are you doing for fun? What are you doing at work? And then how does, how does what we do in the gym build off that? And then, you know, just keep it rolling. Athletic training, got my degree. Uh, just wanna keep combining all of these pieces that I've kind of stumbled upon across the way into this, into this program and into this idea and then that's kind of where the podcast came from it was like the next evolution of what does my environment need to be in order to improve and for me that was like well i just need to talk to fucking awesome people like let's 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 get in a room talk to people that give a fuck that love life that have also struggled overcome found their passion are on this journey and let's talk about it and connect it back into health and wellness so Ah, yeah. That's what it's about, man. <laughs> Environment. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. That's and why then I'm you, here. And then you add in your haunting and your love of the n- natural environment and the respect for lands and yeah, water. The environment, man. That's that's me. And your outdoors activities, and then you have your arrow. Twenty. I was gonna say, c- coming back to the arrow, um, it's the idea of just constantly moving so like always forward isn't that like the wisconsin motto yes and uh so the arrow for me is Did just, governor walker changed that though he might have i don't know probably but uh i think it could be back now 
hopefully, because I love that. The idea of the arrow going forward and the big thing with archery is it's all, it's all on you, your anchor points, your breathing, your stance, how you carry yourself. You doesn't, that's the shit that matters. So for me, it's like your personal actions, what you allow around you. That's kind of why it's the arrow mm -hmm. because then once that shits, you got that in a row and you let that arrow fly, it's gonna be a damn cool arrow. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna go where you want it to because you have been in control You've been mindful about everything you can be mindful about. And then I think I added some stuff like a like a light in the front and then the the fletchings were kind of like dark and sh sh shaded and shadowed because yeah, I'm I'm constantly, you know, flooded with anxiety or depression. It's definitely a lot less than it used to be. I think a big part of it was how much I hated school. <laughs> <laughs> just like school just filled me with such anxiety and dread and uh, I just like the shit I can kind of get glimpses of like talking with Beth in her class talking about on your way to school and just wanting to die uh -huh. not thinking suicide but I'm just like oh my god I hate school so much like, right I'm bored I love I love everything when you look at school skills I love reading I love learning I love challenging myself I just didn't give a shit about any of the things they wanted you to and you know that's part of the discipline too is of being a kid but yeah Coming back, that's why the arrow. Just all of those things in, in that arrow. Piece together. Piece it all together. No. Piece it all together. And I like I like drawing. So anytime you give me a chance to doodle something, I'll doodle. We'll have to do we'll have to we'll have to doodle on an annual basis and take the object, see where it goes, add little parts to it. Yeah. Real sharp tip to cut through things. Exactly. You gotta sharpen that ax. That's yep. an Eldo Leopold quote. I love that, man. I've been doing that, the object self I need to do it with the adult. I think I, I the, some of them always give me weird glances for the shit I make them do, but I'm like, you'll grow from it. And then I'll get a message from someone a few days later and they're like, holy shit, this tied right into Yeah, this it's something, usually something. the skeptical person yeah. standing there that everyone else starts to do it. Yep. You know, you have your early adopters that are like, <laughs> boom, I'm already done. Yep. And it's the, it's the skeptical person waiting that ends up having the most incredible experience. Mm -hmm. But I've been having all the, the kids do it. And I, because they'll sit there and ask a million questions, I just give them like super specific, like draw your object self portrait of an outdoor activity. Mm -hmm. Like that. Just so they don't sit there and ask a bunch of questions or just, um, uh. Do I have kids. to put eyes on yeah. it? <laughs> Because they're kids and I love the way their brains work, but I also understand them and be like, they need a few more parameters. Yeah. But yeah, I love that exercise. Especially yeah. when you couple it with physical exercise. Yeah. Like you just see their brains working and they're like. Well, it's such a good process. And it goes back to, let's be able, we can finish here. I've spoken my rant one forever. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, we spent 20 minutes talking about international soccer. So <laughs> that's my fault. But I think, yeah, the pro, like getting back to the point and the point of all this, the whole point of, highway to well is, is that you're, is that we're traveling somewhere that somewhere is a process. It's not a destination. And that process of, of self discovery is so critical to everything else. And without that, it is hard to make anyone make a behavior change if they have no sense of, of self mm -hmm. and purpose 
and why. And those are those can all vary based on what your purpose and your whys are. You could have multiple layers of that based on who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. But you always have your self view and your self value and self worth tied into what you think your own image is and how you feel confident about what you're doing. So that's why that that whole portrait process is really the anchor to everything else. Like we, that's that you're dropping the anchor in your sea of life. Mm-hmm. You're saying, I'm a shoe, I'm an, I'm a hammer, I'm an arrow, I'm a bridge. Amazon box. I'm a door. That's, that's still I'm my favorite. Amazon box. <laughs> but I think you know those are those. That's the process. And for you, you figured it out, even though you didn't articulate it that way. But you knew because of those steps that you had taken in progress and moving forward and dealing with the environment, not, not letting the environment dictate you, but you dictating your environment Mm -hmm. and kind of flip that around has helped along the way through all of the ups and downs. You've insulated, you've insulated your image, your self value and worth into a safe place. And then you protect it by changing all the things around you to maximize it, which is why, you're on the road you're on <laughs> highway to well highway to well yeah and it honestly it was i not until meeting you listening and talking asking questions and then within the last i don't know four or five months like it's been clicking more and it only strengthens it because i'm aware of it you know i'm not before you'd be anxious or you'd be like oh my god can i can I ask that at work? Like, mm-hmm. is it is that okay for me to do it? Because so many people are just like, well, no, you gotta work more, or you gotta, you have to take these other commitments, or you have to do these things because that's what's expected of you at this point in your life. Whereas now I'm like aware of it, aware of how important th- those things that I'm passionate about, passionate about are. So I'm willing to demand these things from work, from from relationships, from people I know, like. No, this is what's important to me. This is what allows me to pursue the things I love and to be healthy and well and then do these other things really well. So I'm it's it's making me better at it, which is pretty cool. Good I'm performance junkie. <laughs> it's just like I like to I like to continue to grow. Pour some wellness on me. Pour some wellness on me, Derek. Well, thanks for thanks for taking the time to get through this pilot episode of Whatever the hell this is gonna I'm, be, I'm excited for you. I'm gonna be tuning in each week. I want because you know I'll probably steal some guests off you and <laughs> go from there. Let's turn it into one giant world domination. Yes, we just talk about Project Mayhem. Yeah, that's right. I love Fight Club. Such a good movie. That's a good book. That was <laughs> that's one of the few book movies where you're like they're dip they're each very different but awesome. Mm-hmm. Like nor- normally you, you read a book, you watch a movie, you're like that sucked. Or it wasn't what you were expecting, and then but like that. I don't know. Have you read the book? I have not read the book. <sighs> book is I, so good. That's that's what I've been told. I need to send you. I wrote a back when I was I was doing more creative writing. I wrote a piece that was similar. I, it was Fight Club esque, Chuck Palahniuk inspired, but it was about working in a grocery store. I'll send it to you. It's probably. <laughs> I would think that that may be a little more culturally appropriate too. <laughs> yep. No. Yep. So it was good. But anyways, um, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right. We're going to close up shop. All right. Sounds good. Peace out, everyone.